Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Franco's framed, Sam starts running a Huracan, and we've got a whole lot of shenanigans to break down on this episode, we're going to do it right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey everybody, welcome to the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. This is the show that breaks down all the latest goings on in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. And I'm Carla Renata. I'm just rocking out that sweet, sweet voice today. He's, give, he's giving you Barry White That's all day really long. Nice. It's kind of comical. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? <laughs> Can't yeah. get enough of your love, babe. I'm going to slow it down right uh-uh. now. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. giving us the midnight storm voice. I cannot <laughs> handle you right now. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And Carla's got her, her iPad here, which means the chat is up and running. The chat is up and running. It's about to be off and popping. Yes, it is. Oh, I love it. We already got we got about 20-some-odd people in here. We got our, our loyal people, Michael B., Kelly Undercover, um, Ann Robertson, Chelsea Brown, and Going Stewart Pierce. Uh, and I think, and Zoe Johnson and Joe Costanzo, they are all there. Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us here. I know we had a lot of people joining us last week, and uh, we had the lovely and talented and always awesome Carolyn and uh, Carolyn Hennessy joining yes. us. Yes. But we didn't really get a chance to break down any of the latest goings on. Yeah. So I know you've been starved <laughs> for a lot of insightful <clears throat> general hospital commentary, and that's, you know, what we do. That's, you know, that's we do. how we roll. That's right. Uh, so before we dive into everything in particular, Carla, what have you thought this week in particular, but just the last couple of weeks? The last couple of weeks, it's been very interesting about what's been going on with Ryan and with Kevin, and and we'll get into that in a minute, and, and Ava, popping off as usual as Ava, um, Oscar, and Joss, and Julian, and Kim, and Drew, and, and all of that, and... Um, haven't seen so much of D.A. Dawson these days, which is a lovely thing. <laughs> um, but it's it's been a slow burn, but I feel like uh, Ryan is starting to slip up and make mistakes because he's distracted by Ava. So, yeah. yeah. the uh, I mean, we'll we'll just jump right into that because, you know, we've got our good old Ryan Chamberlain making things happen. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about last week when he went to go see Kevin and Ferncliffe because Kevin had gone blind as well from the yes. virus. And, just <laughs> and, like, then, and then he left him. Yes. He just left him high and dry. I'm like, ooh, that's cold-blooded. That is cold-blooded. But I, but what makes me curious about that is whether or not his... Because I can't, I can't remember if when, when it happened to Ryan, if it just automatically came back or if they had to give him something. I don't remember. They gave him that surgery. Okay. The same so, so I wonder if with... Kevin, if this blindness thing is going to become permanent and how that will play into him trying to get out of Ferncliff, how that will play into him um, eventually blowing the cover off of, off of Ryan if Ryan doesn't do it to himself. It, it it was interesting because we have the nurse over there at Ferncliff just saying, like, this person she, is included. She was on it, and, then he, and he dismissed her. Wasn't that horrible how he dismissed her? He was like, yeah, why don't you go back to your office until I call you? I'm like, oh, oh. 
<laughs> I was like, chirp, chirp. That was so busted. I couldn't believe yeah. he did that. But he's he's really but then when he went also when he went to see Kevin, you know, he was asking about I forget the guy's name starts with a C. Oh Cabot. Cabot. So he was asking about Cabot and why he was coming to see him and, and I think Cabot is probably gonna be the the key that helps them figure out that Ryan is is playing shenanigans and, and taking on other people's personas. It's gonna be interesting to see who gets that little nugget that's gonna start make people start making people think like, oh, holy! Because it literally could be anybody. And the other thing that's interesting to me about Ryan is, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm like, how did we know that Ryan knew how to hypnotize people? That I, <laughs> can I can we just talk about that for a second? I'm like, did he like get a book? Did he look it up on the internet? I'm like, he's not a real doctor. So how did he figure out how to hypnotize somebody? Yeah, because I mean, I know Kevin does, but, but he's a doctor. He's studying right, to do exactly. that. Exactly. I, I would assume that <laughs> Ryan just did, a, did that deep dive on Wikipedia and said, like, ah, all right, a couple of YouTube tutorials. I'm set to go. Let me go. <laughs> and and right. And then the other thing is he keep like I said, he keeps slipping up. So his latest, his greatest and latest slip up, in addition. To, in addition to like hypnotizing people and you don't really know what you're doing. His greatest slip up is the way he hypnotized Lulu. And now maybe I missed this too. Was there something that happened with him slamming the door that makes her remember that he's not the one? I don't know because because he slammed that door so hard. I'm like, was that something that we didn't see? Like him slamming the door being a, clue for her to say it was Franco. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is <laughs> he what's he going to do? He going to kill half of Port Charles? Because half of Port Charles has some kind of relation to Ava. So anybody that he feels is going to get between him and Ava, he's like, I'm just going to take him out. And then he, he lures Griffin up to the roof. I'm like, and in that instance, I'm like, Griffin, are you really that stupid? But it's also, we're seeing is that he's going to get a reprieve. So <laughs> I, I imagine Ava's going to go up there and stop it from happening. But it's also, how would Ava know that that is, if Kevin's not in his office, he's got to be on the roof. He's got to be. How would she even know? Exactly. It's a hospital. Yeah. He could be with a patient. He could have been in the restroom. He could have been he could exactly. have the commissary. Unless it's a mom and pop hospital, the likelihood of her figuring out that he is on the roof where Griffin is like, I don't know, one in a million. Oh, that was pure comedy. I actually laughed at that. I laughed at the whole hypnosis thing. And then Lulu being hypnotized was getting... Um, she was getting on my nerves so bad. I can see it. I can see the knife. I can see his hands. He and then and then that comment of I feel like he's standing right in front of me because he is standing right in front of you, dum dum. Yep. <laughs> it's like, is this really what we're doing right now? And this was the other thing. So then they arrest so then they go out and they arrest Franco, right? They arrest Franco and then they're all like, But we don't have any we don't have any concrete evidence. They don't have no knife. They don't have no fingerprints, but I feel like Ryan probably going to get them those driver's licenses. But but then it's going to be like, so where did you find these licenses and how do you know that the, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's messing up. He's messing up big time. The uh, How long do you want to see the storyline go? How much longer? I'm being very entertained. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can see this go on forever because it's Cause very entertaining. I know that the, you know, uh, there are some people that are going to like, oh, just... 
Oh, with the storyline is kind of driving them bonkers. They just want their revelation to at least, or at least just to find out, like, Ryan is really <laughs> Ryan and not Kevin. <clears throat> They're saying in the chat room, Michael B. said maybe he maybe he studied all the skills Kevin knew just in case he'd have a chance to replace him. Really, Michael B.? I mean, like, it takes people years to, to finesse the art of um, hypnotism. Yeah. Years. I just like, he can read up on that all he wants to, but I'm just like, mm. And then Kelly's like, she's, uh, Kevin fed, Kevin fed Ryan crap about Kevin having a prenup with Laura. Oh, yeah, that was right. Yeah, that so far is not really taking root at all. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if anything goes. And, um, and the money and all that. I'm just like, oh, yeah. That's why he met with, he met with Alexis. Did he? Yeah. yeah, so that's why he met with Alexis. Speaking of Alexis, she had, she had an interesting week, didn't she? Yeah, it's uh, well, real quick with the Ryan Chamberlain stuff. It's uh, I, I'm, I'm still feeling because I know Ava's become the object of his affection, and seeing that one moment where he grabs her arm, like, "Don't you dare walk away from me!" Oh yeah, that, that was little, a little scary. Yeah, we see these little like, bits. Why you? First of all, if any man grabbed me like that, I'd be like, "I'm gonna need you to get your hands up off me." Like. I might love you, and we might have gotten busy, but I'm gonna need you not to be grabbing me by my arm. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't put your hands on me. <laughs> That's true. Look, don't come for me unless I call you, and that means don't let your fingers come anywhere near my arm or any other appendage on my body unless I ask for them to. I'm gonna need you not to touch me. I what I do like though with Ava is one that she, her strong response to Kevin, like Oof, you gotta let that you, you know unless you want that arm gone, snapped off. You better break, you better pull it back. But also Ava with Kevin uh, Ryan working so hard to set up Franco for this, that Ava was willing to uh, hear Franco out and believe him. Because she know the one thing I can say about Ava, Ava in some instances has really good intuition. And based on everything she's gone through with Franco, especially his relationship with Kiki, she know she knows deep down inside that he didn't do it. At one point, she even says, "This just doesn't make sense." He loved Kiki. He would never harm her. He would never hurt her. This just doesn't make sense. And that was another instance where Kevin Kevin um, Ryan snapped again. He like raised his voice and came at her. I thought you'd be happy to hear that. And ain't nobody trying to hear that. What I want, really, what I really want to see play out. What I'm curious to see play out is the moment that she does find out that that. All this time, Kevin is not Kevin, it's Brian. She slept with this psychopath, and this is the person that killed her daughter, that killed all these people because he just wanted to be with her. Yeah. That's the moment I want to see play out because that's the moment that's going to win that dollar Emmy. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> if she hasn't won one already, she's going to win one for that. Yeah, I mean, she's already had stuff with Kiki's uh, death and funeral. Now she's had. A, they love General Hospital. Loves writing for her. She's fabulous. She's fabulous. It's. Uh, I mean, and we see other people kind of questioning with Frank, like D.A. <laughs> Dawson. She's just willing to like, boom, no, it's Frankel. Let's get this done. But I do like at least that Jordan is not feeling it's such a slam dunk. Yeah, Jordan is kind of. You can tell by Jordan's slowness to react in certain situations, like when when. Um, they alluded that it was Franco once before. She was like, mm, I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, she's just not been like, let's go get him. And which kind of make, makes me feel a little more empathy toward her because I'm like, okay, she's not so quick to act. Because in the, in, the in the real world, 
if she were so quick to act, it would be her ass. It'd be her job. She'd be yeah. gone. So I'm glad to see that they're giving her some common sense in that regard, that she's just not re- she's not just reacting to everything that everybody says and does. I love the fact that um, this whole Franco thing is giving uh, Ken Schreiner as Scotty Baldwin something to do. I love that the whole Franco thing is giving... Elizabeth more to do like that whole scene with her and Griffin after the police have ransacked the art room her just having that moment where you can if you turn the volume down on the television and you just watch that scene with no sound you can totally get how frustrated and and confused she is by that whole situation but I like is that it would seem more often than not they would follow the trope like Holy cow! This person was a was a, was a monster, and they distance themselves, and that leads to a fracture in the relationship. Yeah. I do like that they're just like, nope. Elizabeth feels like she really knows him, and doesn't buy what anybody else is saying. I love the fact that she's standing by her man because in the past, when when somebody that she's been involved with has been accused, she would stand by him to a point, and then she'd be like, eh. like I remember there was a time when she was with Jason for a split second, and they were accusing him of some stuff, and she was kind of like. Oh, Jason, I got to go back to Lucky. Sorry. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I love the fact that that this time she's like, nope, been there, done that. I know him. I know he wouldn't do this. And then there's that whole moment with Laura where she's like, my grandchildren are in that house with him. I'm not having that. And and then the whole situation gives me a lot of empathy for Franco because Franco has been the one when all this stuff came up with Aiden with, you know, them trying to figure out what was wrong with Aiden and then them finally getting a clue that he might be gay, which I love. I love General Hospital for taking on a subject matter that isn't spoken about every day because whenever we speak about individuals being gay or someone being part of the LGBTQ community, it's always associated with an adult. So I love the fact that General Hospital is taking on this from the vantage point of a child because I had a cousin and an uncle that were gay. And my cousin literally was that person from the time we were kids. This wasn't something that he grew into. It wasn't a fad. It wasn't a phase. It wasn't him trying to be cool or fit in. It literally innately is who he was So as a child. So I'm glad that General Hospital is approaching it from that vantage point because somebody is watching that show that has a child that's like that, and this will help them connect on a level that they probably didn't even see coming. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and now I'm off my soapbox. No, 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 no that's great. You're gonna be on that soapbox a lot this show. I can, I can tell already. It's. Uh, I will. I would like to see that when Laura gets together with Franco, and does she have that same sort of feeling that Ava does? Like, I just need to hear Franco say it. No, because Laura. I, I, I and the only reason I say no is because that that scene in the hallway of GH with Elizabeth. Um, and Laura having Lulu in the chair, pushing her in a wheelchair, that scene where they run into Elizabeth, and, and Laura's like, well, no, he did it. And, and Lulu's like, no, I'm sorry. I saw him. I saw him. Laura, when it comes to her kids, when it comes to Lucky, when it comes to her grandchildren, when it comes to Lulu, she gets blind. So I don't think she's going to have any empathy when it comes to Franco unless some really hard, concrete, physical evidence that she cannot ignore will make her change her mind. She's going to go in, and she's going to go in hard. And now that she's the mayor of Port Charles, she has that power of that office behind her, too. 
Well, I do like Elizabeth going into and saying, Jordan, like, hey, this isn't the first time that somebody's been framed for this. Mm-hmm. It happened to Griffin. It happened to Carly. Uh, mm-hmm. What's to say it's not happening to Franco? Exactly. So uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know why the police are thinking, like, this is such a uh, slam dunk. It's not. it uh, Because, like most police officers and police departments and cases, when it's something that that has been going on for a minute and they just want to see a resolution to it, they get real lazy, and they just want to pin it on anybody just to close the case. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just got to get this They're thing like, closed. Let's just get this over with because we don't really want to deal with this case anymore. But I just love how sloppy he's getting. He's just getting so sloppy. It's becoming comical. <laughs> it really is. There uh, is, oh, where is this? Oh, here we go. Uh, so of course we were talking about Franco and and Liz, the Frizz community. The Frizz community. Yeah. Yes, uh, there was a uh, I saw a tweet uh, that from a hashtag Frizz are doing life there on Twitter, but talking about that kiss that uh, Franco and Liz have uh, while they're waiting at the hospital, while waiting for the MRI. Oh, in the test. art room uh, for, for the MRI test. Oh, oh. Yes. Uh, mm. Where uh, this scene where she's kind of giving them that kiss there, but. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody watches soap operas for some reason, and some for the you know romance, some for mm-hmm. the, the the intrigue, the action, whatever mm-hmm, it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, clearly, uh, the hashtag Frizz are doing life is a big fan of the romance for sure. <laughs> uh, but the way that they <laughs> described this on me, they, they had, the way they described this just made me laugh because right? <laughs> it's say? like clearly I'm not a romantic because I'm not feeling any of this on the scene. It's like, I just <laughs> thought it was just a weird kiss, but. She, uh, so the way she holds his face to look into his eyes, the way she he just exhales deeply because he needs her touch, the way her finger caresses his mouth, <laughs> he has to reach out and hold her, even in handcuffs. This is a ship. Oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I just saw that tweet. I was like, man, I that just. That is so sarcastic and wrong <laughs> on so many levels. I can't even. They're actually kind of growing on me. I think my apprehension with that couple in the beginning <clears throat> excuse me, is because they didn't have any chemistry to me. They didn't have any chemistry. And now as time has gone on, I'm starting to see a little bit more chemistry from them. From them. So they're kind of growing on me. It's the same way I felt about Jordan when she first came on. I felt like she hadn't connected to the cast yet. So every scene she was in, especially the ones that she was in with... Um, What's her husband's name? Curtis. Curtis. Especially the scenes that she was in with Curtis just felt awkward and forced. And now I can see Brianna, who plays Jordan. Now that I can see she is a little more comfortable. I can see she's more comfortable. She's more at ease. She's, you know, I remember meeting her out in public somewhere here in Los Angeles. And I point blank asked her, I was like, are you feeling more comfortable at General Hospital? I said, was that difficult for you? She's like, oh, my God, yes, it was so intimidating, blah, 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 blah. She says, but now I'm feeling more comfortable. And right after I saw her, the next episode I saw, I could see that she was more comfortable. So I say all of that to say that with Franco and Elizabeth, I just feel like when— when you are doing these romantic scenes on a soap, in a movie, on television, there's all those people there. So that's intimidating enough that there's like 50 people watching you have this moment. It's not an isolated moment where it's just you and the other actor. There's all these people around. So there's that intimidation. And then if this isn't somebody that you're used to working with or you haven't had a chance to rehearse with them or you have no chemistry with them or whatever the case may be, it's just awkward and it's just hard to find a way to build that up. And I feel like they've built that up but that kiss was kind of awkward <laughs> it was just kind of weird and I, I give it up for hashtag frizz doing life for being excited by that I mean everybody 
as their other their couples that they root for. So I applaud your enthusiasm and passion. I just it just reminds me I'm dead inside. You know, like, I'm like, you're can't, always can't, dead inside. I can't see that. I just All right. can't see it. So let's talk about Anna and um Peter and all them people. I love there was I think it was a couple of weeks ago when <laughs> When Anna found out that Peter had given Liesl a job at the Intruder, how she went over there and she was like, and, and there was just that moment right before Peter and Maxie were going to kiss and she yep. came busted into my, have you lost your mind? I laughed out loud. That was kind of funny. Now there is big talk going on. Uh, it kind of goes into more of the, the spoilery gossipy stuff. Yeah. Uh, that it's going to be with all this twin storyline happening. And we're seeing Alex being name checked a couple times already. Yes. That the reveal is going to be that really Peter is Alex's. Uh, child and not Ooh, Anna's. That would be ugly. And then it might have to do with you know this whole thing, the memory mapping. However, that all fa- mm-hmm, falls into place. Mm-hmm. If that were true, uh, true to be the case, that is the rumors that are going right yeah, now. Yeah, they, they alluded to that online though because they they started talking about. Um, I think uh, what's his name, Robert, Robert and Finn. They were trying to track down how this virus was was starting and why different people, randomly different people, it was uh, attacking them. And there was that moment where some evidence came up. They they be, they got a hold of some evidence that proved that Alex was someplace where Anna had never been doing something that Anna would never do. So I think that that's probably where those those rumors are are being filtrated from. But I don't I don't know how I feel about that. How you feel about that? It's. I mean, do we really need to? I mean, there were shenanigans when Alex was there before. Do we need to see more shenanigans of that type? Like, I mean, do we need this for Finn and Anna to come closer? I'm like, really? I don't, I don't get it. But wait, before before you answer though, I just have to just have to acknowledge this one moment that made me again. I did a lot of laughing out loud. So this moment made me laugh out loud when Anna got up in Liesl's face and went off on her at the Metro Court, and then Finn goes, "Remind me never to piss her off." And yeah. then Robert's like, "Yeah, you need reminding." I laughed out loud. That was funny. <laughs> that was very funny. <clears throat> It is, uh, I don't know, because I, I know people were kind of <laughs> two minds about this whole thing when it was first introduced. That kind of, they kind of uh, went back into Anna's past and they kind of retrofitted it to make that this uh, event happen. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, whoa, this seems so weird. Why are we doing this? So you've spent, yeah. I don't know, you spent that, this much time kind of developing this whole relationship. Just to flip it back to that, yeah. I, I mean, if you're looking for, is, does it play better for Peter finding out that this woman that he's getting close to is not really his birth mother, but just his aunt, and that his real birth mother may not even want anything to do with him? His worst fear realized, where it's like, oh yeah, she got rid of me and she doesn't even care about me. I don't think, for for that storyline, I don't think we need to do that. Like, we, we dragged and milked the hell out of that particular storyline already. Do we really need to revisit it from another vantage point? My opinion is no, we don't. You know, I mean, I guess, it, I mean, it all depends, I guess, how you, how you love Anna character. If you don't want your the history of your soap characters being messed with so much, mm-hmm. that it kind of reestablishes the, what you think is the true Anna status quo. Like, oh, wait, she's only ever had one child, and that's Robin. Yeah, and where is Robin? I need for Robin to come back. I need I, for Robin to show her face and be like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assume that she'll probably make an appearance uh, if this whole thing gets revealed that Peter's really just her cousin and not her brother. That would just be a tragedy. Uh, but well, I mean, oh, somebody, somebody in the chat room, Rena Sheen has a really good point. She said, "You think the blindness has something to do with Shiloh and the dawn of day?" You know, that's actually a good point. It might, because he's shady boots. He is. Oh, well, we'll, we'll get God. into some Shiloh stuff. 
I will say it's great to see Robert back, as always. I'll take any Robert I can get. Uh, but I am liking the, the relationship that's developing between Robert and Finn. I do. I like that, too. I like that they got jokes. Yes. <laughs> that they're kind of, that they're, they're, Love and admiration for each other is coming off of their love and admiration for Anna. So that's really cool. I'm good to see that. As opposed to Robert being snarky every time he shows up in Poor Charles. Yeah. It's nice to see this kind of relationship going down. And there was a moment there where uh, Sonny came over to talk to Anna, and it was more about Dante. Right. She could, she could use any of her WSB connections. Right. Uh, one, I was always kind of bummed that I was expecting a name check for Frisco. Like, when she came back in, she was mm-hmm. like, I talked to my WSB contact. I was like, I talked to Frisco. I was like, I, I thought, why not Why not give this Frisco a shout-out? Why not? Nah. But, uh, not happening. I felt like Robert uh, knows more about what's going on with Dante than I he's feel like that. I feel like that, too. And when Dante returns, is it going to be the Dante that was there before, or are they going to recast the role? What would you? How do you feel? Do you feel Dante's uh, Dominic has got to play that character, or can it be somebody recasting? You're not going to mind. I really enjoyed Dominic as Dante. It would be nice if he could come back, but you know, you never know what people have moved on to and what they're doing. So if he is engaged in something that scheduling wise won't allow him to come back to GH, I get it, and I I would be okay with him being recast. But you know, nobody will do it like Dominic will. I mean, it has been a while since we've seen him. He did come back for that Sunny. It's a Wonderful Life episode, right? But in real poor Charles continuity, we haven't seen him for a long time. For a long time, yeah. So, I mean, he could recast it, but we've seen no announcements of any new cast members. Maybe they're keeping it under wraps. They could. I you mean, know? I, it does seem like Robert and Finn, at least the, as the rumors are saying, that they're going to be on their... Uh, Another mission. On their sweet, uh, Swiss mission there to uh, find out more about Dr. Cabot. We'll come across Dante in some mm-hmm, fashion. Mm-hmm. And then that's all going to be tied together along with all this mm-hmm. virus storyline. Oh, wait. Let me just talk about this one second. So the other thing that I'm that I'm waiting for the lid to blow off of it is this whole thing with the baby. The baby that Willow thinks is hers, but it's not. It's really Michael. Like, I'm waiting for that lid to come off because it looks like it's going to happen sooner than later. And I'm... And because... Brad and Julian are, you know, lurking around in cahoots together, and it's getting to the point where Lucas is starting to peep that and getting mad at Julian. It's like, why don't you get mad at your husband? Yeah, it's... Like, why don't you talk to your husband about what's going on and not be all up in Julian's face all the time? Do you think their marriage can survive that? Uh Uh-uh. Nobody's marriage could survive that. That's too big of a lie. That is such... That lie is so ginormous, and it's gone on for so long. That there is no way it could survive that. None. Like, Brad would have been just better off copping to the truth. He would have been better off copping to the truth and giving that baby to Michael. He would have been better off. But um, Nell had something over him. So she she blackmailed him. And so he felt like she's going she's gonna to tell this on me if I don't. If I don't do what she says, it's like he dug a hole so deep for himself that there's no way he's going to get out of it. And when the when the poop hits the fan with this one, the young man playing Brad is probably going to be gone. They'll it's write a, him off the show. Cause I don't know if Nell necessarily had anything <laughs> on him. It was just taking advantage. No, of- she had something on him, and I can't remember what it was because she said something to him about it in that moment. And then in addition to that, she said, you know, I don't like Michael. I don't want him to be with that family. I, if if Michael gets him, I'll never get a chance to see him, blah, 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 blah. So I think in that moment that, that Brad was dealing with now, when that whole situation went down, I think he felt he was, 
you know how some people are in a situation like that and they're just not in their right mind. They can't think clearly. I think he wasn't in his right mind. I think his common sense went out the window. He let homegirl intimidate him and talk him into doing something that, to his core, he knew wasn't right. And with each passing day, the lie is getting bigger and bolder and harder to um, to hide. Because even Julian says, yeah, that... <laughs> that school teacher's gonna be a problem because she thinks that baby is hers, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, that's not gonna be such a good thing when she finds out. And what is that gonna do to Willow? What is that gonna do to Willow when she finds out that her baby actually did die? What is yeah. that gonna do to her? Like that particular storyline affects so many people in so many busted, crazy ways that it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens when it finally does blow up and fall apart. Uh, you know, folks, before we move on to our next topic, because <laughs> uh, we're talking about so many, we're going to get Carly get back on our soapbox in just a moment. <laughs> uh, but we just want to say thank you for helping us become the ESPN of TV talk. And for us to continue to grow, we need a little bit more help as well. So if you're on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button and, if, uh, and subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. But no matter where you are, leave a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. Being a part of AfterBuzz TV has meant so much to all of us, and we truly appreciate you supporting us and doing what we love. So don't forget to tell your friends, and keep enjoying our shows. And that was very well done, as usual. You always do such a great job with that. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'll be curious to see. Because we also have that scene where it's been alluded to that Willow could possibly be uh, the real daughter of uh, That's what they're saying in the chat room. It's uh, and we're still waiting. To, I feel like one, we have to see that official like half locket of the heart, and we still haven't seen that. I mean, there's been talk about like it's going to pop up. It's going to pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to see Willow be revealed? No, as the... <laughs> I really don't. I'm kind of digging Sasha as the daughter, even though I know she's not the real one. I dig Sasha, but I feel like Sasha, um, excuse me, is going to come to Nina's defense with something real sooner than later. Something's going to go down. Where Sasha is going to be the one that's going to be like, nope, I'm standing with Nina. And it's probably going to be when, when the shit hits the fan with Valentine. Because even Nina's like, I thought when I told you I was going to marry Valentine, you'd be like, yay. And you were like, tepid. When she, when she said you were tepid at best, I was like, <laughs> she used the word tepid, which is really like a really horrible word to use for cold. But you get the point. Um yeah. I would feel the only hope for Valentine because as soon as this truth comes out, his life's going to be blown up again. Yeah, I'm going to need him to be gone after this because I can't – the the fact – with Valentine, I just can't understand why he thinks it's a good idea to consistently lie to get what he wants. And he has this daughter, Charlotte, who is taking his lead. Look what she's done. She's bullied people. Like that moment between him and Willow where where Willow gives him all this homework for Charlotte because, you know, she hadn't been to school since Lulu had been in the hospital. And so Willow gives Valentina all this homework and she gives him this packet of of letters or cards or whatever that her classmates have written. And then Valentina very smugly goes, oh, somebody actually cares about Charlotte, about whether or not she's in school. I'm like, really? Are you going to do that right now? Yeah. Like, are you, are you really, I'm going to need you to clamp your jaws and just take the envelope and turn your heels and keep it moving. Like, why, <laughs> why is, why are you even having that discussion? And how are you going to have an attitude, how are you going to have an attitude about anything? It's, I, I think if he can figure out, if he gets by some chance lucky enough to find out that Willow is really Nina's daughter, 
so he can be ahead of it and spin it. That is like even I was duped. And I don't so, think he's gonna get ahead of that and spin it. I don't think. I don't think he's. There's too many people that know the truth. Like if it was one person, you know how they do on social. Yeah. If it's one person, the likelihood of it getting found out is like next to nil. But when too many people know what time it is, Maxie's already like this. Right? Maxie got one eye open looking at them all crazy. Sasha knows. Liesl knows. And you know, Liesl can't hold water. So it's only a matter of time before she somebody pisses her off and she just tells everything. She is yeah. she is the worst person. She is the most explosive person in that whole scenario. Her right there. True. I mean, if she feels like she's not getting what she's uh, owed... Then she's going to. Uh, it's going to be know. ugly. I love that they. I love that they brought her back though, because I live for her on screen. When she went she to the me Metro so Court, yes, and the, bought the champagne. Like, <laughs> you should. You should give me something free, right, <laughs> from to celebrate my new job. No, but then and then she sends a bottle of champagne over to to. Um, Anna and Robert yes. and Finn, I'm like, you are doing the most right now. Oh. You are doing way too much in this moment. Like, why don't you just sit over in the corner with your champagne and be happy by yourself? But no, Liesl just can't leave well enough alone. She got to have everybody else be miserable, too. Well, for somebody that was angling to get something free from Carly for that, to then turn around <laughs> and buy a bottle of um, right? sh- champagne. So it's not like you didn't have the money. Yeah. Because she, she, that's the other thing. She been running around talking about how broke she is, how she needs a job, how she. Well, clearly you didn't need that much because because even after Anna leaves, Robert looks at that champagne like, yeah, this is some good stuff. Let me pour some more of this yeah. and drink it. I'm like, oh, y'all sure. are doing too much. It was funny. I uh, I, I am like in those scenes between Maxie and uh, Peter <laughs> yeah. when they're trying to figure out like. What is up with uh, Valentine in regards to uh, Nina and Sasha? Yeah, I like those scenes too. And what I'm also liking is that he they're pulling him away from being goo goo gaga gushy around Maxie all the time. And they're letting some of that old Peter August slip out every once in a while. Because remember there was a scene where she overheard him on the phone. She's like, ooh, I yeah. like when you're sounding commanding and whatever. <laughs> and I was like, you mean like a serial killer? <laughs> Like like the serial killer that he was when you first met him? Okay. Let's go with that. I, <laughs> I'll take that, Alex. <laughs> like, what is happening right now? I, and Obrecht's, how do you feel about Obrecht's reaction to finding out that Maxie and Peter are starting to get close? <clears throat> um, she, I don't think she overreacted. Like, I think her reaction was right on point, considering. Like, this is somebody that she tortured and she was going to kill. And ev- even still, knowing that Maxie was carrying her grandchild, and that Maxie kind of sort of had a little crushy crush on him then, she still was going to take him out. She didn't care what Maxie thought. So good for Maxie for not trying to, like, you know, open up and be like, yeah, I'm dating Peter, surprise. Like, mm-mm. She's the last person you need to be divulging that news to because she will lose her damn mind. And the same thing goes for Nina with Valentine. When she found out that Nina and that Valentine was with Nina, she was like, "Oh, really? Is that what's happening?" She said, "Okay, <laughs> all right." I like how Maxie though will she will she will be stern with Liesel, but still loving in the sense like she wants him to still be included in her life. But you know, hey, part of this is that this is the deal, and if you don't like it, sorry. exactly. And then there was the moment where the three of them got together to celebrate Nathan's anniversary, and it's you. When I saw the three of them sitting there, I was like. It's gonna take two shakes before Liesl just like ruins this for everybody, and it took long. It took less than two shakes. It took yeah. like a half a shake before she ruined it, and Nina bounced. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nina was like, "This is some BS. I'm out," and she was gone. 
Uh, well, speaking of gone, real quick, another uh, hot storyline as we're getting ready to wrap up is mm. Oscar finding out that his treatment has given him a reprieve. Well, not really, because as um, Dr. Randall said after Oscar left the room, his tumor didn't shrink. Mm-hmm. It stayed the same, which means he's got a little bit of time for right now, but that could go either way at any given moment, which makes me nervous because that then then we see him and Joss walking somewhere, and I'm just like, I feel like we're about to have another emergency with them just like we did when they went to the catacombs. Well, it does, I mean, for everything you're seeing online, it is all set in stone that Oscar is going to lose his battle against this, which, I mean, I'm all, it's sad, it'll be a sad story, but I'm excited to see it being told. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the the LGBTQ story being told, it's important that people, and and the uh, Alzheimer's story being told on GH, it's important that they see a storyline like that through health-wise, considering that the show is called General Hospital, that they show it all the way through fruition so that people have an opportunity to see what happens from diagnosis to whatever end it's going to have. I do like that Oscar is not like, oh my gosh, that's it. I'm I'm safe. Yeah. It's like he's understanding that he's understanding just a little that, temporary relief. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that they're doing that with him too, as opposed to what you said, yeah. The uh, All right, so everybody is uh, reading Donna Day. Uh, the Donna Day book. There you go. Uh, Alexis seemed to like it. Of course, we know how Christina feels about it. Sonny's like, oh, it's a bunch of garbage. Yeah, Sonny's until the, like, mm. until the bartender goes like, oh, it changed my life. Uh, sight unseen. Uh, I've never ever read that book. If you were to read it, do you think you'd be more like Alexis and Christina, or would you be more like Sonny? I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of anything. And what I really didn't like about that whole situation, book aside, is when they invited Alexis to the meeting and had Alexis up in Christina's face talking that that nonsense. I'm like, you know what? This is that was way too cultish for me. I'm like, but again, I applaud General Hospital for approaching subjects that most people wouldn't be bothered with. They're they are approaching that whole cultish storyline from the vantage point of this is how people get reeled into those types of things. This is how they stay in those types of things. And this is how families are not able to get them to separate from them because they tap into something that innately at their core, core, emotional core, is something that strikes a chord for them. And that's how those people that run those types of situations are able to kind of latch on and keep people in them. So I'm glad that they're um, exploring that storyline, especially with, you know, the whole Scientology series that's on right now with Leah Remini. You know, I I think it's important that people understand how someone gets involved in something like that, why why some of them stay and why some of them get out and why some of them have family members that try to pull them out. Well, and I did like how Alexis tried to (laughs) ride that line because clearly she didn't want to do any, like, the... Focusing on you, focusing on you, Mm-mm. but and her and Courtney, certainly Christina was really being pushy about it. Yes, I was like, Christina, girl, slow your roll. I mean, I guess you think one of those like, you, if you think you've discovered something, you're like, well, the, the, clearly, I know the secrets of the world and the universe, so just listen to me, and not realizing that not everybody's going to feel the same way you are. You gotta gotta dial back a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm interested. That storyline actually is very interesting to me because there's so many different components to yeah. it. You know, you got Sam trying to call Shiloh out. You got Sonny that's looking at him with one eye open. You got Alexis that's kind of straddling the fence. Is there's everybody in her life is 
in a different lane of that situation. So it's going to be interesting to see if any of them get full, like it's going to be interesting to see if Sam ends up getting to be where Christina is because he keeps he keeps messing with her. Luckily for her she has Jason to kind of like pull her back, but I'm wondering just how long that's going to last. You uh, know. Over under a month uh, before Sam is walking up some stairs and falls back into Shiloh's arms. <laughs> oh, under a month. Easy. <laughs> Easy. It's probably going to be under a week. Well, we do see a little kind of uh, reflections about Christina. How she feels about this uh, budding closeness between Sam and Shiloh. She ain't having it. Uh, and that kind of leads us into a little bit of quick news and gossip before we leave here real quick. Okay. After Buzz TV News. Our, our pal, uh, <laughs> Brittany Sarpy, who plays uh, Valerie on uh, mm-hmm. GH, she's not got a contract role on Young and the Restless. I know. People in the chat room were salty about that. They're not having it. It's a bummer because there was such a great storyline that had been kind of teed up for to be explored, but there really had been nothing followed up on it. Yeah, but they they hadn't utilized her. And, and when you're not being utilized, you're not yeah. being paid. So homegirl had to go where the paycheck is. I ain't mad at her. No, not mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm only just disappointed that we never, the show could never figure out what to do with her. And now by the end, when it was, it, now it's too late to figure out, like, this could have been an interesting storyline to tell with her and Christina. They could recast it and, and do it, but it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, it wouldn't, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're going to do, if you're going to take the time to show the story, it, it Follow benefits. it through, yeah. 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 So uh, that is a shame. So, uh, but we're excited to see Britney Starby get a, a contract role. And that's Absolutely. Great. Great Congratulations, girl. Yeah. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that was a quick little news and gossip, a little quick shout out, because the time is over. It flies it so is. fast. It did fly fast. It was a lot, but we, I think we got it all. We did. We did. I mean, we, uh, real quick, uh, your feelings about Alexis and uh, her new therapist. Ugh. I have no feelings. Okay. I'm de- like you, I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Joe Flanagan from Stargate Atlantis. I'm excited. I'm dead inside. I want him to uh, activate that Stargate. Let's go. No. Well, I, the jury's still out on that one. All right. I'm curious to see how long he sticks around. Uh, yeah, I got a soft spot for know. Joe Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, it, it dials back into my Tristan Rogersness. <laughs> I love it. Give, it. give these old guys a shake. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. Carla's saying her farewells to you folks in there. Uh, but as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you want to follow either of us after the show's over and continue the conversation, Carla, where can they find you? You guys can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Right before the GH Report at 5 o'clock, you can find me over at Black Hollywood Live doing The Curvy Film Critic, well, The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. And you can see my film reviews at Rotten Tomatoes now. Rotten Tomato approved. And of course, I'm here every Sunday with Frank at 6 o'clock. Look at that. And I'll be bringing this sexy voice back Oh, Lord, you. I yes. cannot. <laughs> Get ready. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at oh. HappyGoJackie. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll be back next Sunday with an all-new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.